0: W H H H F M Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96 one, one, two, two, 3. three. Hold up.
1: And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. It is October 24th, the last October of the last Sunday of October. It's also the last October of October and of 2020. Ebony, good morning.
0: <laughs> good morning, Kim. What's going on? How are you feeling this morning? Uh,
1: so good. Uh, we are yeah. getting ready for Election Day. Yes. And uh, the lines have been long and out of control.
0: They have been. You know I saw. Um, shout out to our boy Justin Mack over there at Indy Star, waiting in line for seven hours yesterday um, at St. Luke's to vote. I also I also saw that uh, Fadi Carrara, uh, sorry if I mispronounced his last name, um, but as running for office, sat and waited for 10 hours for all of his constituents to vote before he voted as well. So, yeah, the lines are extremely long right now.
1: And I saw some folks that I'm friends with on Facebook as well as Justin Mack, but some folks I went to high school with over in um, Lawrence
0: Township said they waited in line for five hours. Wow. You know, but this is, they keep saying that this is a historic election, and the numbers definitely show that, so we want to continue to encourage everyone to please get out and vote. Um, the lines are long. You know that ahead of time, so it's a good idea to bring a lawn chair, bring some hot hands, warmers for your hands, because it is getting a little bit chilly outside, but let's let's get it done. I'll be there tomorrow voting in my neighborhood, so I'm ready for a long line, and I'll just have some things to keep me occupied along the way.
1: Speaking of long lines, one of the things people are waiting to vote for is, of course, the president, the governor, and the school board for IPS. That's a race, Ebony, that I've seen uh, almost more if not the same amount of attention online Mm -hmm. as I have for the presidential race lately.
0: Yeah, you know, it has been really um, an intense race with IPS and several other school boards, you know, in Central Indiana are holding school board races as well. But it's one of those things that it's important and for everybody to pay attention to your local politics, inform more of what goes on in your everyday life, a lot more than what happens at the federal level. Um, so it's good that it's getting that kind of attention, but it definitely has its drawbacks as well, I think. And we'll talk with Eric Weddle um from WFYI News in just a little bit about more on that topic.
1: Uh yeah, why is it that we focus so much on IPS? That's a conversation mm-hmm. a couple of us were having on Twitter last night. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about all of that and uh, Uh, More when you give us a call at 317-239-9696. But Ebony first, let's get everybody caught up on what is happening this morning in the news. Voters waited for hours in long lines at the additional early voting sites that opened up in Marion County this weekend at St. Luke's United Methodist Church on West 86th Street. The wait time was nearly eight hours to vote Saturday afternoon. That's according to Indy Vote Times. Org. At Cranard Park Community Center and over in Lawrence, the wait time was more than five hours. A voter in Perry Township reported the line wrapped around the building before the doors ever opened.
0: And more in your voting news. Souls to the Polls is ready to give you a ride to the polls today. Nine buses will be traveling Marion County to the six locations to vote early today. The buses will depart from multiple area churches and head to the polls. The rides are free. If you need a ride, you can call this number to reserve your seat. 317-821-7539 or 802-951-4157.
1: Vice President Mike Pence's Chief of Staff and a top advisor have tested positive for coronavirus. Chief of Staff Mark Short and Senior Advisor Marty Opes tested uh, tested positive, and they are now in quarantine and assisting in the contact tracing process. The vice president and the second lady who were just voting here in Indianapolis on Friday have both tested negative. Despite being considered a close contact, the vice president is continuing his campaign schedule.
0: Indiana is reporting 2,765 new cases of coronavirus and 24 additional deaths. Indiana is now home to 16,454 total COVID cases. 22% of ICU beds in the state are being used for COVID-19 patients, and 46% of the ICU beds are being used for non-COVID-19 patients, leaving 30% of ICU beds and 78% of the state's ventilators open and available. But please, please continue to wear your mask, you guys.
1: In the forecast, cloudy skies and a high of about 50 degrees today. We'll have a 10% chance of rain Monday. Do not leave the house without the umbrella. Prepare for a 60% chance of rain and a high of 52 degrees. Right now, it is 46 degrees in Indy. Ebony, um, as we were saying, the... Uh, Election now less than two weeks away. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the big things that everybody is watching, of course, is the presidential race. We'll be taking your calls on that all morning long. Um, But the other, aside from the governor that we're hearing a lot about here in Marion County, is the IPS school board race. A number of people running to lead the largest school district here in the city. Absolutely.
0: So we have uh, several offices that are open, several seats that are open at large. District 1, District 2, and District 4 all going contested in this race, and it has garnered a lot of attention, a lot of media attention, Um, also a lot of money being spent in this race as well. Um, Something that I always find so interesting when we talk about IPS school board races, years ago when I was working at the Recorder, someone said to me, you know, back in the day you could run a school board race from your kitchen table Mm -hmm. with a couple of resources, just, you know, a little bit of money, maybe for some flyers in your neighborhood, and that was it. Now we are seeing campaigns up into the tens and thousands of dollars. Um, you know, some of these candidates have trucks that ride around town with their faces on it. So it is really, really intense and on the level of what you would expect from a, a larger election. So yeah.
1: And some of those same folks are actually now advertising. uh Uh, Last hour, I heard a uh, commercial right here on this station for Mm -hmm. an IPS uh, school board candidate. So um, Mm -hmm. maybe that is all why it attracts so much attention, but... There are 10 other school districts in Indianapolis. Why do we focus so
0: much on yeah. IPS? And they have people running for their school board as well for the same important reasons these people are running.
1: Yes, they do. Uh, maybe that's part of the question that maybe we'll understand when we talk with uh, Eric Weddle, a reporter from WFYI, doing some great work on the education beat uh, throughout here, the state of Indiana and Indianapolis. He joins us this morning and right now on the Live line. Good morning, Eric.
2: Hey, guys. Good morning. How's good it going?
1: Morning. Pretty Thanks. good. Pretty good. You've been busy the past couple of weeks. I've been uh, reading some of your stuff. Your um, article on um, who is who are these IPS candidates was um, how I got up to speed on things over the past uh, couple of months mm-hmm. going into the election. So uh, great work. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, Ebony, I'll go yeah. ahead and start. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric let's first why is there so much attention yeah. <laughs> uh with with IPS when there are 10 other school districts in this same city
2: yeah I think that's a great you know great question I saw some of that um, uh of the conversation last night on twitter too about that I I agree I think it's uh it raises a lot of issues in terms of the public's awareness of what's happening in other school districts I just right now as you guys were talking um I went to the election board website and pulled up the spreadsheet um, you can download of who's running and there's around 60 school board candidates in Marion County who are running. Um, And yeah, I think you are right that the majority of the coverage has been on about 10 of those candidates running for for IPS. Um, You know, I think from, I think my perspective is I think IPS has, you know, always attracted a lot of attention just in general, you know, being the largest district in the state, um, obviously getting a lot of attention in the County. And I think they've just, In the past you know 10 years or so i've really made a lot of changes um in how they are operating and there's been a lot of reforms that are brought in and that's attracted a lot of attention um a lot of the charter schools that are in indianapolis you know are in center township with ips and i think that's also brought a lot more focus um to center township as different people have wanted to come in um and offer um new schools um and try and help students here in this, in the city. Um, But you do have, you know, a lot of um, interest from the business community in IPS. Um, You have a lot of focus at the Statehouse, too, you know, from IPS.
0: Yeah, Eric, again, to that question about um, why so much attention on IPS, there have been a couple articles that have been run on WFYI, um, and one that I also read on Chalkbeat, about specific candidates and some of their discrepancies um, when it comes to their campaign uh, one specifically, you wrote about Kenneth Allen, and I wanted to know, mm-hmm. um, what were the reasons why? And I'm asking that because a lot of people in the community were oh, yeah. asking me, why. where did this article come from? And kind of what was the reasoning behind it? Because it seems more so like an outlier compared to some of the other coverage yeah. that come out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that article came. Um, so Dylan Pierce McCoy from Chalkbeat and I, we collaborated um, on a voter guide. Um, that we did together. We surveyed all the candidates, and then we did um, um, a live video form with the candidates. And as Dylan and I were working on that voter guide, we were doing um, the bios for everybody, the best yeah. information. We were um, on the websites, and we were actually on a, Zo- uh, a Zoom call together, doing this together. And when I started looking um, um, at Mr. Allen's information, it just kind of raised a few flags for me in terms of um, the foundation that said that he had run on his website. And I just did a few web searches, um, and it just seemed to be that it wasn't really as he ascribed. And so I did an interview with him, and he basically said some of the same information to me, as he said uh, on the campaign site, and we decided to do an article about it, because it appeared to us that the information that was, the campaign was basing um, him around really was not
0: accurate. Okay, and that information being the um business that he was running, um the educational consulting, yeah, I guess sort of um yes, on uh, mm-hmm. the um
2: the foundation, yes, for to help students with uh, financial financial literacy which he did he he did wrong for a few years
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so another question on that point because you know a lot of people and this is for any political race your average person doesn't have the uh bandwidth and sometimes not the resources to dig into their candidates like Mm -hmm. that um and then we talked about the fact that all these other school districts in central indiana and marion county have people running, there are 60 people running, yeah. um, for school board. What advice would you give to someone that's listening and they want to know more about the candidates that are on their school board race if they're outside of the IPS system?
2: I, mean, I think it's just, you know, I mean, it's just having the time, you know, to sit down and like do some independent information. Cause so I think, you know, anyone running for office, um, you know, I think you need to go beyond the information that they are putting out there in terms of their official, you know, spokesperson or their website or their campaign material to get in the mail. You know, I think just like a Google search um, on somebody is going to, you know, help you find out things that they've done before, what they've been involved in. Um, and if you do have the time and the care enough, I think that is one thing that can help you, you know, um Get deep, deeper in a person. And also, I mean, there's other media, you know, um, in Indianapolis who've been doing lots of different kinds of reporting on um, the school board races. Um, David McGuire, I think, he's done video interviews on his blog, um, I mean, on his podcast with most of the IP candidates, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's a so principal other- in
0: the Tenley system, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, so you've been able to, I think,
2: you know, through, through that also just get a lot of like unfiltered information from candidates as they're speaking.
1: Um. Uh, well, first of all, you're getting some phone calls here, so let, let's okay, uh, sure. Get to some of them and listen to some of their questions uh, before we go back to uh, Ebony's and I's. Let's uh, see who this is here on line one, caller. Good morning. You're live on the Open Line Show.
3: Where well, are you guys doing this morning? Good
1: What's morning. Ain't
3: hey, nothing going down, uh, Ebony. I just wanted to tell you that even though Cameron came back last week with a little gray, that you are our sunshine on Sunday morning.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Oh, well. <laughs> So I'm the gray? Yeah. <laughs> I think he was talking about the weather, I hope. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it was the weather. Yeah. So it's,
3: it's when Cameron came back it was a little gray, raining a little bit. Yeah. So I I'm just sorry. just wanted you to know. They didn't I let me bring to the to sunshine
1: in my carry-on. I apologize. Unfortunately. But,
3: but, but, but that's all right, because you guys are sunshine uh anyway anyway uh the schools uh, on the uh, news i've noticed uh, these last few weeks these campaigns and different things i don't see none of the candidates talking about educating our black students about our black history and um and then the other ads that i've seen political ads that i've seen had nothing to do with the black community but everything to protect the white community last week the the preacher that was on there rev whoever he was That's a fine example of how the establishment uses our people to continue their plan, program, propaganda, et cetera. And we need to come away from this. I understand what's going on in the world, and I understand uh, about the government. I understand all these things. But how do you tell your children? How do you tell your children that everybody that's running are either liars, they're either thieves, or so on and so forth? How do you look in your children's face? and tell them that this is an honorable thing to do. So I'm going to end mine right there, and I want to say one more thing, and that is for anyone that may have a gray day, know that the sunshine is inside of you. Go hug somebody today. They show a little love.
1: Thank you, Paul. Today, hey, and I and I just so want you to know, you guys
3: have a great day.
1: Thank you, Paul. And I'll hey, talk to you later. Hey, Paul, I just want you to know, I would have brought you back some sunshine in my carrying on, but because of my wife's bag, it was already uh, forty nine pounds. Oh, Lord, so you know, hey, that's
0: not it. not not throwing Miss Riddle under. Well, I hate she... to say under the bus because you're a bus driver, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Throw me under my own bus.
0: Under your own bus, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, no, she had, uh, she had 49 pounds of, of luggage in an entire bag just for shoes. So well, I couldn't bring no sunshine flashed. back. She did look good. But... <laughs> That's good. Eric, um, when it comes to some of the topics that you've talked with these candidates mm-hmm. about, I read your recent um, article where you talked to everybody. Uh, Elizabeth Gore, Ellis Noto, Kenneth Allen didn't get to talk to Kendra McKnight, uh, mm-hmm. but Brandon Randall, real pr- Will. Pritchett, uh, DeQuavius Winston, Vanita Moore, Christina Smith, and Diane Arnold—all those folks yep. running for school board. What Paul was just asking about is the focus on Black and Brown children uh, uh, population that uh, heavily makes up um, IPS. Did you get the sense that that is something they're concerned about?
2: I, I did. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually, I'm working on a story right now about how. I, I mean, I do see that as an issue that you're seeing across the state now. You know, I think after the protest this summer, I think a lot of school boards, not just in Indianapolis, but like in other cities, Mm -hmm. are actually being forced to answer um, on issues of equity, um, how students are being treated in the schools, the type um, of curriculum, you know, that's being taught, the type of authors students are reading. So I I do see that happening, and I do think, um, you know, in the IPS school board race, the issue of equity is really kind of almost at the surface. You know, I mean, one of the top issues right now, because I think that Alicia Johnson who's the superintendent of the district when she, um, came in, you know, she's made that kind of her focus, um, right now. Um, and I've talked to people in the district who have been there, you know, for decades and they say that, you know, in the past, this has always kind of been mentioned, but no one ever felt that it was actually really the focus. Um, and they believe now that it has become that. And I think, you know, some of those, some of the candidates, you know, I think that they see it differently. And I think that's kind of one of the issues we're seeing, um, you know, what does equity mean? Um, How do you best um, support um, the black and brown students that are in the district? And I think especially like in district, um, the race between um, Diane Arnold, you know, who has been on the board for, I think, a total of 15 years um, and Christina Smith. um, I think they're kind of, you know, a little bit at odds a bit, you know, over what that really means. Um, And I think those are some of like the kind of the nuances you're seeing. But I do think that that topic is um, a focus for for all the candidates that I've spoke to.
1: Let me go back to the phone lines 317-239-9696 317-239-9696 that is the number to get on the air with us live this morning. Let's go to the caller online 2. Good morning. Who's this? Uh,
4: Larry Vaughn please. Good morning, man. Uh Larry Vaughn the glass man on YouTube. Uh, you know you've I think you've reached out to YouTube I, Larry. It's Larry Vaughn the glass man on youtube right. and i'm preaching various sermons There's some uploaded now and i hope to perfect my process and get my lighting and uh everything in effect so i can give commentary on these issues according to what i've seen over the last 30 or so years that have been acted over at the state house and also the ordinances and proposals have come before the uh, city council to explain in intelligible words. Uh, what is really going on in the, the bottom of this. And one more issue, the deal with the mask. Now, I received the mask from uh city of Indianapolis. Now, hold on. Man. Sure hang, on hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on, hang
1: on. First rule about, well, since you're launching your own show on YouTube, you got to stay with the rundown. So you called about IPS. <laughs> so, Yeah, IPS. Here's yeah. IPS. Here's
4: IPS. I know all about IPS. I know mm-hmm. all about the common school districts here in the state of indiana i've done a thorough examination and study of those because i did run to be a commissioner now everyone on that prep board is not talking about the real issue like over at tech they're spending over 50 million dollars to redo all those copper roofs slate roofs tile roofs uh over 50 million dollars i've seen the invoices right so uh what they they're doing is is they're getting that building ready so that they can turn it over to a charter school and turn that area into a gated community. Over fifty million dollars. That's what the commissioners appropriated that money so that process can be done. And they know that they're doing it right now. All right, so and, let me uh, ask you Alicia this. Larry. Johnson is it.
1: So let me ask you this, Larry, uh because mm-hmm. I, that that's an improvement to a school building. So uh, on okay. one hand, you could say that's an, that, that's a good thing. But let me ask you this. If, if Larry Vaughn was the president of the IPS School Board of Commissioners or was the superintendent of the school district, what would you um, change? Would, would you be more of a keep things status quo or that we've got to make some big change to move to the future?
4: I would close every uh, charter school and innovation school and uh, link the uh, these kids back to the district to the common schools where they're protected and guaranteed certain things. They're guaranteed to have a safe building to be in. They're guaranteed to have a curriculum that promotes their education and learn how to read and so forth. These charter schools are private corporations, and they really need to go because you cannot afford to, uh, to, uh, to, to operate a school. It's an institutional matter. Now, our now, you, ever since now, be,
1: now, before you keep going, let me ask you this. So if you close the innovation and in the charter schools, whatever they're mm-hmm. called, do you just keep them closed? Because part of the reason that they are uh, giving these charter schools an opportunity to run a school is because the population of IPS – has declined over the years. It's actually becoming more in line with the other school districts. So they don't need all of these schools when they can focus resources on less schools. So if that's the case, do you just let those buildings be empty or do you completely give them to the charter schools? Hey, let you run them because technically right now they're still classified as IPS schools or the alternative is it is a empty building. So what happens?
4: That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that all no, these No, I'm, I'm children, asking.
1: I'm asking. I know what you're saying. So no. if you close these innovation schools, what do you do with the building? Do you turn it back into a full-blown IPS school, or do you take those kids and we're going to put you in another school where we can focus our resources more tightly?
4: You just consolidate uh, the uh, the IPS board just approved a couple of years ago for a new fleet of buses, right? So they can consolidate and bring the children that are in these strung out in these uh, so called charter schools right back to the district. And you know, uh.
1: But you won't have a problem with IPS closing schools. That's where I'm going with this. I'm not. No, I have no problem with them closing
4: innovation and charter schools. Now, and now our our superintendent is acting in disobedience and doing criminal acts when she promotes a charter school or any other school except for the district school. But what she represents. And so she's representing charter schools, and she gets people in there, uh, forming them out to uh, certain charter schools. I know everything about what's going on. Like mm-hmm. I said, you need to come on and, and join me and enjoy these summers that I'm preaching. I've already given the situation, but you know, I not know. What was so it, Larry the about- Glassman? Larry Glassman. All right, Larry. All right, all right Larry. thank you, Larry. Larry.
1: we we'll, 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 uh,
4: All right, we'll, yeah.
1: we'll keep an eye on that, Eric. Uh, <laughs> when you talk about these innovation and charter and magnet schools, first thing is I think they're difficult to understand because what's the difference between a uh, what's an innovation school? What's, school? what's a magnet school? What's a charter school? What's a polytechnic? Whatever, all these names. Um, you've reported a, a lot on on, on this mm-hmm. charter school system. What is it about it that makes it so such a hot topic?
2: Yeah, but I, I think what people um, the concern some people have, and also just the the difficulty in understanding it, um, is you know, is an innovation school is sometimes is a charter school, or it is a school that is operated by, I can you know, say, an independent organization, a group that is not a charter school, and basically, I, the IPS school board allows. Um, this group to kind of be in charge of that school and run it with their own policies. So, you know, IPS, you know, has certain rules in terms of like how long the days are. Um, it's baked into the, the contract with the teachers union. Um, when they create these, um, these innovation schools, those kind of rules go, go away. Um, and this new school, which has a kind of a new status, they have their own board who oversees them, um, and their own, own leadership, you know, and so those schools are kind of a left alone by the district to kind of run how they see fit and, you know, to do this new way um, of management and education that they've convinced the board is the best for that school or or for that uh, community. And the IPS school board does in the end have final say so they can shut the school down as they have done Um, this summer. They shut down one of the schools that was operated by Charter Schools USA. But I think that's the, the big issue for a lot of people is why the IPS board kind of wants to step back and let another board and another group of people run a school.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that has garnered a lot of conversation in the community, a very controversial and polarizing topic for sure. Um, one of your colleagues wrote another article um, for a WFYI that was talking about why you should care about this race, even if you don't have kids in the district. And, Eric, Mm -hmm. I wanted to have you speak to that for people that are listening that maybe don't understand why this is so important. Why should I care if I don't have children that are in the district?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of the issues that have been discussed on this show already um, and people have about schools. I mean, to me, I see school boards as like the first line of of change because these are elected officials that you can directly elect. There's only going to be a few of them, you know, a handful of them on your local school board. And they're the ones that can actually change policy. Like, if you want, you know, to change or to alter the type of curriculum students are getting, you know, maybe you want different types of authors, um, well, um you know, being, um, assigned to students. If that happened at the state house, it would take forever. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, we've seen different, um, agreements go on for years, debates for years and years about changing the curriculum. But if you're, if you elect like a school board who agrees with that, you know, that can happen, you know, in a few months, you know, real change can happen to a school board very quickly, because those people are in charge of, you know, setting the budget, hiring, hiring the leader, you know, changing the discipline policy issues, changing, you know, how things run, um, uh, approving or not approving an innovation school. Um, and so I think because they have so much power, I think that's why there is so much, you know, focus, too, you know, on IPS, because there are so many changes happening. But I feel like for anyone, um, you know, who has an interest in education or students or their taxes, because we have all the tax mm-hmm. referendums, that'll start. And I people. also
0: think uh, about how schools shape communities or even the absence of schools shapes mm-hmm. a community. So I think that's a big one as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they, the school the district impacts, you know, everything about where you live. You know whether it's how much your house um, is valued at, to you know how people enjoy living there, who's going to move there. You know, I mean, if you don't have a school in your near your area, you know, you're probably going to get a different type of um, family who, um, who's going to move in.
1: Eric, what? Um, and we're going to take one more call before we move sure. on. But Eric, w- what is the biggest thing uh, that when you talk to folks and you're covering IPS, they say they're concerned about? I seem to hear um, people say transparency. They they or um, it's a combination of transparency where slash things don't make sense, which leads me to believe that means that they don't understand how IPS works. So to me, it seems like maybe there's a perception problem about IPS because people don't understand the district and why it's different from the 10 other districts that we talked about um, here in the city. Uh, you know, people always say, I'm going to send my kid out to the township schools or the township schools mm-hmm. do this or that. And IPS is a township school. Uh, right. It's no different from the rest of them. That, I think they should just change the name to Indianapolis Center Township Schools so that <laughs> whole stigma just goes away that it's less than a township school. It is. It's Center Township Schools. So when you do your reporting, what do you hear is the most concern from folks?
2: I I definitely think the issue of, of transparency
1: here from people. Mm-hmm. I, I think it it, does, it takes time and
2: effort, you know, to like get into what any school district is doing. Um, And I think if you asked a lot of IPS administrators um, or current school board members, they would say that, you know, the past few years, they have done a a kind of a bad job of communicating some huge changes um, in the district. Like innovation schools, I think, is one good example. When those were rolled out, it was very confusing for the public to understand what was going on. And I think to this day, there's a lot of people that don't understand the intricacies of those um, due to that rollout. Um, so, I, you know, I think that is an issue you hear about. It. I think people want more information. At the same time, there's we're drowning in information, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not really sure what, you know, an IPS or another district can really do um, to, uh, to make everyone happy with information. Um, but I mean, a lot of school districts, you know, now are live streaming the school board meetings. They have their documents online um, but I do think that's one issue I think people feel they're left out of the decision-making process let I think that is one of the, the challenges you have when you have a, a board that's elected by the public people want to have a say
1: let's take one more call before we move on y'all let's see who this is on line one good morning
2: hey how you doing Cameron and
5: Ebony good M-O-Tep. morning good morning hey. all you all appreciate taking my call as a uh, grandparent who took uh, my grandson out of Township uh, Pike over to uh, Francis Parker Montessori. Uh, Montessori do things a lot differently. Maybe uh, Eric can explain. I I was told. Matter of fact, my mother uh, knows a lot of people in the Chicago area, uh, well-to-do people, and most of those people that she have either represented as clients or know send their children to Montessori. Montessori has a whole different approach, the way they do things and learning and stuff like that. I think most schools could uh, uh, foster and do better if they uh, adopted that approach, townships included. One of the main reasons why I took him over there, he's uh, very uh, smart, but it's smaller, only 300 students. Guy in Creek had 850 students, 900 students. Uh, Wasn't conducive. To being individualized in learning, stuff like that. I mean, we got to stop pitting one against the other. Uh, I graduated from a high school uh, horseman and Gary. With my graduating class in 1986 was 256 people. That's very small for a high school. We had a small school. We knew everybody. We got individualized learning. So this 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 whole thing on education, townships, I.P.S. Whatever, has to be uh, has to be uh, redid period. Uh, I can tell you personally, going into this town, into Guyan Creek last year, where the teachers are overwhelmed. One teacher with 30-some children in the class. Okay, no help. Over at Francis Parker, they have two people in the class. They only got 20 uh, students. Okay, two people to help over there. Uh, Just just a number of things I can go through, so I don't know why it's this, this against the bad thing, when ultimately, black children are the ones who have to be careful. And I'll go back to this. Seems like everybody I got a whole family full of people with college degrees, stuff like that, all of us all of us out of Geary. And I learned out of six and seven year old books that my brother my oldest brother is six years older than me. And I had books that were signed by him because back in the day when you checked, when you got a mm-hmm. book, yeah, the person in, in front of you, you had wow. to send each other people. So you
0: just took us way back with that one, M.O.T.A.P. Uh,
5: yeah. His, his name was way in front of me. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, the whole thing to me is, is, is a, it's a big quash in the quagmire. Uh, in, in Japan, they don't even worry about test scores to the third fourth grade. They teach socialization. They teach culture. They, mostly culture they build on they teach culture. Do you understand that the students in Japan make the lunches for the class? They make the lunch. They do janitor work. We have a whole – we keep thinking we're trying to rush to catch up with the Asian community, and they're doing things totally different. So it, it, it's the whole thing to me. And I would ask him, since I, I probably can't get a vote uh, to vote for the school board there, but I do, I, am, I do want to understand. My concern would be to him is how to make sure we can probably keep or get more African-American teachers – more teachers, and, mm-hmm. and that don't mean all of my good because you know I had to chop down an African American teacher last year at Pine Creek, so that don't mean they all good. But representation, uh, proper representation and cultural building does matter. Mm-hmm. What would he stand, or what would be his position? And MLTAP, on maybe sure that we'll get the, uh, to
0: hear, maybe we'll get to hear that on the other side, of the side of the break. Okay, no problem. Like I know you guys to go, but, but I, yeah. that
5: would be my concerns, and then mm-hmm. making sure that this disproportionate. Uh, suspension and stuff like that, especially after Michelle Alexander's new Jim Crow book, yeah, making sure we don't interest. have those issues, too, and then I'll, I'll let you guys go. Yeah. Thank you. Right.
1: Thank you. Eric, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. All the topics that we have talked with Eric about and our callers on the phone are things that Eric has asked the 10 people running for school board, Eric, along with his colleagues uh, at WFYI in and Chalkbeat Indiana, have asked all these questions. Am I uh, teasing that incorrectly, Eric?
2: No, that is that's correct, yeah yeah you can everything yeah it'll be on
1: there you can go find uh this reporting where they answer these questions about uh e- equity as well as innovation charter schools and so much more you can find eric's piece by searching basically who are the ips school candidates and the story will come up it says want to know where the ips school board candidates stand check out our voter guide. Eric Weddle with WFY, thank you so much for joining us Thanks this morning. Eric.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great morning.
1: You
0: Thanks. too. bye
1: Still to come this morning, we are going to continue this conversation about election 2020 as it is now less than two weeks away, basically a little more than a week away. Our regional vice president and general manager, Dion Levinson, is going to call in because he always has something interesting yes, to say when it comes... you guys are in for
0: a treat. Yeah, if
1: you've heard <laughs> De, uh, Dion on Tina's show, Uh, get ready because I know he's going to drop a bomb, say something controversial, and leave. Dion joins us this morning when we come back in three minutes. This is The Open Line Show.
5: Time News Board, Reginald Smiley, man, check it out, and you're listening to the Open Lines with Cameron Riddle and Evan Chapeau.
1: And we are back on this Sunday morning. It is the Open Lines show. Good
0: morning to you. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. Ebony, how you feeling? I am feeling good. You know, that was a great first half of the show. Um, for those of you that are just joining us, you missed out. But you can catch it online and anywhere you listen to podcasts after the show is over. Had a great time talking with Eric Weddle of WFY about all things school board race. It was a great conversation.
1: Uh, we're going to continue to have a good conversation for the rest of the show. Our general manager, Dion Levingston, is on our uh, live line. Dion, you still there?
6: I'm here. Good, What's morning. Up? What's good, morning, man? good morning,
1: everyone. <laughs> good morning, Ebony. Good morning. Uh so Dion, um, first we wanted to have you on the show because we were originally gonna have uh Mr. Rainwater, the Libertarian candidate running for governor, and uh he was gonna be on the show. That was our original plan, but he never was able to confirm his attendance. That said, that would have left Woody Myers out, uh, who we had not got a chance to talk to um because his campaign is we don't we don't know what he what they're doing so you as our in in in-house political expert uh what's the deal
6: I, i would never call myself a political expert i don't know what the deal is with Woody actually um or and and out of due respect um dr myers um he is, and I've talked about this before, and um, and if I offend anybody, I'm sorry. If you're a Republican, I'm probably going to offend you. If you're a Democrat, I'm probably going to offend you. So um, it is, I consider him one of the worst three campaigns I've ever seen run um, that I've been part of. And I've been in Indianapolis for 30-plus years or longer. Um, and I, I think Jim Merritt, who is who was my state senator mm-hmm. um who I voted for in the past and who I like and consider a friend i think he ran a horrible campaign for uh, mayor um and then you have Evan By who the democrats must have just told that they were going to wish him in for uh for our us senator who ran a horrible he ran for senate never stepped in our building and so people get a landscape. There are 269,000 African-American voters in the state of Indiana. There's 130,000 of that 269 in Marion County. So roughly 50% of all the black voters in the state of Indiana are in Marion County. Of that 50%, we reach 85% of those through our stations. So if you're a Democrat and you're expecting to get elected to office and you don't step into our building, you don't really expect to get elected to office. And then um, you have Woody Myers there, um, who has spent uh, virtually no dollars and has virtually no presence. There are black people. And there's a black candidate running for governor. And there's mm-hmm. black people that don't know he's black. So wow. I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to put race in there, but just follow that. There's a black candidate running for governor, and there's black people that don't know he's black. So that is a, a fundamental problem with his campaign. And then the other one I'll throw in there as a bonus plus was Joe Donnelly. Joe Donnelly ran for senator, and that, that was an absolutely horrible campaign for senator. I think Joe Donnelly was a strong candidate. He just ran a horrible campaign. Wow. So, um, yes, I, I, I can't talk about Woody. The, the interesting thing with you're hearing on our stations right now um, a, a announcement every hour to go vote. Um, Vote.org is running a lot of spots um, talking about it. You've got the Indianapolis Urban League running a lot of spots talking about it. You've got our parent company, Urban One running a lot of spots talking about it. And the reason why, is, and I've talked about this a couple of times with Tina, I don't think I've, uh, uh, you guys, you blocked me, so I can't get on. Oh, definitely not. So, <laughs> so, not at all. <laughs> so um, there are 269,000 African-Americans that are registered voters in um, the state. Of that, what I just said, 100,000, 100, uh, 131,000, roughly 50% are in Indianapolis, Right. So when you look at that as a whole, you gotta go a little deeper than that. And you'll see that of that, eighty thousand of them have never voted. Thirty percent of that number have never voted. So when you go even deeper in that, you'll see that in the primaries we vote true we vote um at about twenty percent. And um in the general election we vote in the low to high forties. I mean, in 18, we voted at 40, low 40 percent. In 16, we voted in the high 40, high uh, 40. So our goal as stations is just to get people to go vote, just go out and vote. And everybody's talking about voter turnout in these long lines. And and they were long yesterday to vote um, uh, across the city when you when you look at everything. But. We don't really know because the lines are long. We don't really know if vote won't know until we get deeper Mm -hmm. up in vote. And what I mean by that is the question is how many people are voting early because of everything going on right now that are voters? I mean, Mm -hmm. now we know that absentee ballots, we've already 300 percent more people have turned in absentee ballots um At this date, than what had turned them in for all of the last um, five, six elections and 17, 18 and um, 16, 12, eight, it was around 17,000. And we know today we have 54,000 already. in. So we know absentee ballots are up. But I would argue that anybody requests an absentee ballot nine out of 10 times is someone who normally votes. Because they they know the process to go through to get an absentee ballot, right? Which in Indiana everybody doesn't automatically get it. It's a little ballot.
0: complicated. Yeah, it is definitely a complicated process. So, yeah, but,
6: so I would argue that those are people who would normally vote in person, but now they got an absentee. Right. Ballot. So the question, now.
1: so the question is, we have to wait until November third to see. Is that an extraordinary day as well, or is this everybody who was going to vote on the third
0: just voted early? early? Yeah, that's that's a good thing for us to pay attention to for sure.
6: Yeah, because and, and that's why I I say to people, everybody, go, oh man, it's, it's this person or it's that person because the vote. Uh, well, you can't say that because we don't know. Uh, they say fifty percent of Americans are going to vote this year before the third. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how all these numbers play out. But you can't assume that voter turnout is going to be up because people are voting early because you don't know yet. I I would say a lot of those people are people who are voting early who traditionally vote on the third. Mm
0: -hmm. Dion, I have a question for you. There's been um, a lot talked about in terms of all the parties and their outreach or lack thereof to the black community. You mentioned about um, people that have, you know, done business with the station and did the right thing to reach out to uh, listeners and to their constituents and people that haven't. What are your thoughts on the parties? There was an, an article that ran in the Indianapolis recorder with someone saying that they feel like the democratic party takes black people for granted. Um, what are your thoughts on when it comes to the parties and their outreach to the black community community? Or do you feel like the parties are taking a black vote for granted? What are your thoughts on that?
6: Um, it's And, and, and you I'm, got some
0: calls, Dion, too.
6: Okay. Okay. So we as voters need to make sure that we hold people accountable that we vote for. <laughs> and it's very easy for people to take your vote for granted if you don't hold them accountable. Andre Carson, every time Andre comes on, he says that you need to hold people that you vote for accountable whether they're Democrat, Republican, or whatever. And I love when Andre says that because we need to hold people accountable. Um, As far as we have a tremendous amount of Democratic candidates on right now, um, among the Republican candidates, I I don't want to misspeak. I know Governor Holcomb is on right now Mm -hmm. as far as the Republican candidates. I do not know the other Republican candidates are on the air. There may be some. I know that um, among the Democratic candidates, there are a lot on. I mean, Christina Hale's on, which who would have ever thought one of the a district that was, what, top three, top five Cameron in the country as far as Republican district for mm-hmm. years is mm-hmm. in play. And Christina yeah. Hale is winning mm-hmm. in all of the early polls right now. Who would have ever thought that? So I know Christina Hale is on. Um, I know Rainwater, the Libertarian. You've heard his mm-hmm. ads on uh, as well. So this year, there, um, uh, Ebony, this year, there's been a lot um, of outreach to try to reach African American voters. I think there's a couple things going on. I think people are seeing what's going on um, in um, in our communities right now, and also if if we do you vote, mean like in terms
0: yeah. of the social unrest or as, yeah. social unrest okay. and everything, yeah. And Ebony,
6: if we vote, it, that outreach will come even more mm-hmm. because if you're voting at twenty and forty percent, people do, and, and you're voting primarily Democratic without take, holding Democrats accountable for why you're voting for them, people do start to take your account, your your vote for account. Um, but look at the ARP and look at um, look at the ARP, look at the um, in, um, NRA. They don't have huge organizations, but they have huge voter blocks that people have to respect. And uh, we got to go vote. We got these eighty. I would love when this election's over that this eighty thousand is now sixty thousand, and that um, we had sixty percent turnout. We got to go vote. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696,
1: 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696, That's the number to get on the air. We got less than ten minutes left in the show, but a couple callers standing by. Uh, let's see who this is online too. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air.
6: Hey, how's it going? This is Mayor. Hey, John. You man? make um you make good points. You're being a little soft today. Uh, going to speak how you feel. Yeah, Democrats. <laughs> it's Democrat, a. Democrats do take advantage of black people because majority of your people to call in, like you said, they don't vote and they like taking advantage of. If you don't put your money where your mouth is, when you talk talking about, the NRA, they got money to back up what they talk about. We have no power, but you got people that like to call on and, and complain and cry and don't do nothing. They don't hold nobody account, accountable in, uh, in their neighborhoods, in their political realm. And so they like, Naptown like uh, people to take advantage of them so we got to change the atmosphere of these people peace out man he said you're soft today yeah hey here's my thought on that i if you don't hold people accountable Uh uh-huh if you don't make people earn your vote and 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 what may i'm speaking of i vote for my self-interest and the community self-interest but mainly my self-interest And we need to be educated and vote for people who are uh, who are putting our self-interest first. But we got to go vote first. I mean, it's crazy that 30 percent of registered black voters have never voted. I mean, the question you need to ask your friends making all these comments and stuff, did you vote? And if they tell you they didn't vote, mm-hmm. you need to shut that conversation down. I'm sorry. We're not of equal yoke. You got to go. I'm sorry. We can't have this conversation.
1: You're making the phones ring, Dion. Hey, we have five minutes. Let me see if we could blow through some of these. Uh, caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? Hi. I'm calling to um, see if Cameron, if you have voted early already. I have. Okay. That's
2: great. Uh, how about your uh, brother as well?
1: Yes, they're actually voting today.
2: Well, I'm so proud as your dad. I'm glad to hear that. And I want to encourage oh. you. <laughs>
6: well, good morning.
1: Uh, good morning. Son.
6: I'm just listening to the tie-in between your uh, IPS conversation as well as the uh, voting. I want to add that there's an important element in the community that uh is overlooked. And that's the, the Divine Nine, the Black Greek Letter Organizations, of which Indianapolis has plenty. And many of the uh, students who uh, became successful and are members of these divine organizations come from inner city neighborhoods right in Indianapolis. And I would encourage each one of those members to reach out and reach back into their neighborhood to some of those people
1: who may not have voted and get them and encourage them to come out and vote early. All right. Well, thank you, Dad. Are you here? Yes, I am, son. All right. Well, I'll see you after the show then. You're welcome. All right, Bye. thank you. Calling all his, awesome. um, his Kappa brothers and whatnot to come oh, out and uh, vote. Well,
6: I will say um, to, to your dad that we have been doing voter registration um, with our drive to Urban League for probably five weeks now, and the Kappas have been doing it. Um, so um, to the Kappas, they've been doing it, and I know to um, my brothers um, of there as well doing it, and I. Bunch of AKs um, when I voted in line, and uh-huh. you know with um, with Kamala um, out there, you know you're going to have a lot uh-huh. of uh, lots of weaving going on, and, yeah. and the AKs <laughs> coming out, and, and and I would I would challenge a lot of um, our HBCUs um, that you you have a candidate um, um, on the ballot now from an HBCU, um, a proud a proud Howard alumni. To all the other Howard alumni like myself out there, get out there and vote.
1: All right, y'all. It is eight fifty four. So we got two minutes left here in this show. Uh, The lines that we saw over the past day have been uh, outrageously long. Yes, sir.
6: Cameron, I want to. Before we go, I want to. I want to leave this with with um, your listeners real quick. Play that clip. Okay. um, Thank you for not smoking.
1: Okay. Hang on. You need, give me, you need to give me 10 seconds to vamp that up. Okay, go ahead, put
6: it up. And I'll I'll backstory <laughs> yeah. why Cameron puts it up. There's a movie I love called um, Thank You for Not Smoking. If you get a chance, you should watch it. Now, a lot of people yeah. are talking about the debate and that um, President Trump didn't answer any questions. And this clip from Thank You for Not Smoking kind of gives you an idea why President Trump didn't ask any questions. He's not there to debate the issues, <laughs> that's not that's not the way he wins if you watch the election um, four years ago you saw that that's not the way he wins mm-hmm. he's not there for a debate he's there for an argument he's there to change what you're talking about cameron you ready i'm ready go ahead Cameron.
0: so what happens when you're wrong
6: oh, joey i'm never
3: wrong
0: but you can't always be right well
3: if it's your job to be right then you're never wrong
0: but what if you are wrong
3: okay Let's say that you're defending chocolate, and I'm defending vanilla. Now, if I were to say to you, vanilla is the best flavor ice cream, you'd say?
1: No, chocolate is.
3: Exactly, but you can't win that argument. So, I'll ask you. So you think chocolate is the end-all and be-all of ice cream, do you?
1: It's the best ice cream? I wouldn't order any of it.
3: Oh, so it's all chocolate for you, is it?
1: Yes, chocolate is all I need.
3: Well, I need more than chocolate. And for that matter, I need more than vanilla. I believe that we need freedom and choice when it comes to our ice cream. And that, Joy Naylor, that is the definition of liberty.
0: But that's not what we're talking about.
3: Ah, but that's what I'm talking about.
0: But you didn't prove that vanilla is the best.
3: I didn't have to. I proved that you're wrong. And if you're wrong, I'm right.
0: But you still didn't convince me.
3: That's that I'm not after
6: you. I'm after them. So, Cameron. Yes, sir. So, um, that clip. Everybody needs to understand that's the way that's the way Donald Trump debates, and he's not necessarily after you um, when you want to hear a discussion about issues. He's after people he can convince um, with the smoke and mirror, and you need to understand that all the people frustrated he didn't answer questions. He didn't answer questions four years ago. He's not going to answer questions now. It worked for him. Why change?
1: So, with that said. Do not um, give us any of that. Um, my vote don't count. It doesn't matter because he's going to win anyway. If, if you take nothing away, do not throw your vote away.
0: Absolutely not. Because if it wasn't important, we wouldn't have to deal with all of the things that we're dealing with to get it out. So very important to vote. Thank you so much, Dion, for being on the show.
6: Oh, Thank you so much, Sue. And last thought to you guys. I I truly believe that this is, um, the most important election in our lifetime and we need to go out and vote and I hope at the end of it that there's not 80,000 African Americans in the state of Indiana that never voted hopefully we can cut that number in half and I, I would love to see a 6 in front of African American uh, turnout uh, instead of a 4 uh, well. be blessed and thank you guys for having, having me on
1: and thank you for finally making time to come on our show you're always on <laughs> Tina's show I listen every day But we were never important enough for you to come on, so thank you.
6: I'm glad I could join y'all this
1: morning. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Dion.
0: Ebony, uh, when the show goes off, you'll be able to find it anywhere online, right? Absolutely. You can find it on our uh, station websites. You can also listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to connect with us on social media at Open Line Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: And if you want to see more of Eric Weddle's reporting about who the IPS school board candidates are, we'll link that as well as we get ready for One Vote 2020 Election Day. Is less than two weeks away. Early voting does start this morning at 10 a.m. and goes until 5. There are five locations where you can go vote early: Cranard Park, St. Luke's UMC, the Warren Township Government Center, the Perry Township Government Center, and the Lauren Township Schools Administration Building. And then voting continues tomorrow. Uh, from 8 a.m. until 7. Go find souls to the polls. If you need a ride, they are waiting to take you down to go vote. It's so important. We've got so much more to talk about, and Ebony will do it next weekend live,
0: Sunday at 8. Absolutely. Have a great Sunday, y'all, and a positive week. Peace.